very modern orchestral writing by Margaret Brower. That's just a taste of a recording by the American Composers Orchestra performing her piece, Breakdown. We heard the first movement, Look Out, in which an unidentified flying object is reported to government authorities. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted, and I'll be talking about the American Composers Orchestra today and playing some of their historic recordings. They're an amazing organization that started in 1977 to foster new orchestral works by American composers to create an American orchestral identity. I think it's amazing because you hear so many American composers on programs these days that this mission might seem a bit anachronistic. But you have to remember that this wasn't always the case, and I think it's very much in large part because of the American Composers Orchestra and the great work that they've been doing. They just appointed a new artistic director, Derek Burmell, who's a very interesting guy, composer, amazing clarinetist, somebody who was first performed by the ACO when he was still a student. Then he rose to be on their board of directors, one of their composers in residence, and he's now the artistic director. So that's quite a trajectory. I had a chance to talk with him about the mission and genesis of the ACO. Well, the ACO has been in existence for about 36 years. And, you know, it's an orchestra that's completely dedicated to playing music by American composers. And by America, of course, we expand that to mean North America. Uh, but it's something very special. And I think you know, composers in this country have come to regard it as, as a very important organization for what we do um, because we're there to, to engender and promote new works and to give the younger generation a chance to to shine and in by writing new works and and to give the uh, established older generation also a chance to have some of their larger works featured and performed. We do a couple concerts every year at Carnegie Hall. We do some concerts in other places. We've launched a festival featuring the music of young composers, not just Americans, but but it was a festival called Sonic a couple of years ago where we we had 120 works by composers 40 and under. So it was, you know, something unlike anything that we'd seen in New York uh, in quite a while. And I think, uh, I think it, you know, it made a pretty big impression and uh, gave a lot of people their first big premieres in New York, which was real, real pleasure for us. So ACO is really committed to promoting and performing the work of American composers of all stripes. That's Derek Burmell, the new artistic director of the American Composers Orchestra, talking about all the wonderful activities of the ACO over the years and what they do to foster the creation of new American orchestral music. And one of the very first composers that they gave an important opportunity to was John Harbison. This was in 1977, which, as you may recall, was the first year of the ACO's existence. He wrote a piano concerto for them, and it really shows the ACO's aesthetic at work, because Harbison, who since then has become one of the major names in American music and on concert programs around the world, was a mostly unknown composer in 1977. So what a fantastic opportunity for him, and what a great thing the ACO did taking a chance on him. Let's have a listen to this recording of the finale of the concerto from 1978. We've got Gunther Schuller conducting, Robert Miller is the pianist, and he's also the dedicatee of the piece. Thank you. 
That was Robert Miller playing piano on the finale of John Harbison's great piano concerto. That was Gunther Schuller conducting the first commission by the American Composers Orchestra. So 1977 was a banner year for American music. The American Composers Orchestra is born. John Harbison started composing that piano concerto. But meanwhile in Berlin, other great music was being written that seemingly has no connection to the American orchestral tradition at all. Let's take a listen. That's the title track from a classic album by David Bowie, Heroes, the second of the so-called Berlin Trilogy that he recorded in Berlin in the 70s. The first being Low, the second Heroes, and the third Lodger. So history is being made in a different part of the world, and again, you might think that this is completely unrelated to the American classical tradition or the ACO, but I think it's exactly the kind of thing that the ACO responds to. And so did Philip Glass. Almost two decades later, Philip Glass would compose his first symphony, which he called Low Symphony. It was based on music from Low. And then later, he would write his fourth symphony, Heroes Symphony, based, as you would imagine, on heroes. And again, I just think it's exactly the aesthetic that the ACO is interested in, fostering American composers within a divergent wealth of different styles. Let's have a listen to the first movement, aptly titled Heroes, by Philip Glass of his fourth symphony. This is Dennis Russell Davies conducting the American Composers Orchestra.
That was Dennis Russell Davies conducting the American Composers Orchestra in Philip Glass's Symphony No. 4, subtitled The Heroes' Symphony, and based loosely on themes composed by rock icon David Bowie. I found a great video on YouTube of David Bowie talking to Glass, not about that symphony, but about the Low Symphony, but everything they say could apply to either one. One, they're just so happy with each other's work. They get along really well, and they obviously like what the other has done. They say a lot about the interaction between concert music and pop music. In fact, Philip Glass even goes so far as to say, for those of us in the concert music world, if you're not aware of what your contemporaries are doing in the pop music world, then you are out of touch. I think it's an interesting point of view, so if you'd like to see the video, you can watch it on our website, relevanttones.com. Well, sometimes in radio, things work out perfectly, and you just get a very nice natural segue. I'm going to move back to Margaret Brower's piece with which I opened the show, which you may recall is about the interaction between space aliens and humans. And of course, if you know anything about David Bowie, you know he was quite captivated by space. One of his big hits was Major Tom, about the man in a space capsule, and another was Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. So I think it's a very natural segue to move back into this wonderful piece, Breakdown. Now, this is a piece that won the Underwood Readings, which is a great project that the ACO does. It's really, really valuable. They give young composers the chance to have orchestral pieces read, and if it's a winning piece, they might record it, they might commission another piece, and I I can't tell you how valuable this is for a composer, because writing for an orchestra is really the pinnacle of our craft. It's the hardest thing that a composer can do, and it's simultaneously the thing for which we have the fewest opportunities. So it's really frustrating, because it's so hard to do, like I said, orchestras aren't exactly clamoring for new pieces, and the playback and notation software doesn't give you a good idea of how everything truly sounds. So for the American Composers Orchestra to provide this amazing opportunity for countless composers, well, it's just invaluable and a wonderful thing that they do. Let's have a listen to part of this piece, which again is about interactions between aliens and humans. Brower wrote this in collaboration with a video artist named Kasumi, and so we're going to hear a lot of excerpts from TV shows and movies that underscore this theme. All the voices that you're hearing are found sound from TV and video. This is the American Composers Orchestra performing with George Manahan conducting as much as we can fit in of Margaret Brower's Breakdown. Can't escape them, can't escape them, can't escape them. Thank you. 
An alien civilization. We're fighting an alien civilization. We can get me General Arnold and Washington pronto. Unknown and 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 unknown. At the moment, it's headed straight for London. I've never encountered anything like this before. Project strictly top secret. Military secret, eh? Why the cover-up? It's the same guess that we've made, because it's the only possible answer. Why not let the leader lead you to perpetual problems? Perpetual problems. Perpetual problems. Perpetual problems. Perpetual problems. Perpetual problems. Perpetual problems. This is an official civil defense broadcast. Do you know exactly what your family would do if an attack came? are approaching from the sky. Radio contact has been attempted but cannot be established. Instructions are to prepare for an attack by an unknown enemy. The worse it is, it seems like the better it sounds. Right, that's true. We've got a big responsibility to our stockholders. That was an excerpt of Breakdown by Margaret Brower. There are four scenes as she describes them. Look out! The Machine, Perpetual Profits, Just Because, and Breakdown, describing the breakdown of society after contact with alien civilizations. The sounds that we heard are derived from old TV shows and movies, mostly of, not surprisingly, alien invasions. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. On today's show, I'm highlighting the incredible legacy of the American Composers Orchestra. You can find us on Facebook, or on our website at relevanttones.com. I've been involved with ACO for 20 years now, and 
I'm 45 years old. So that means, you know, I started when I was quite young. My first reading with the ACO was back in 1994 with uh, when they read my piece, Dust Dances, for orchestra, which I wrote when I was in school. So there I was, I was a student. Suddenly I was being performed by, about having my, my work read by this fantastic orchestra in New York. And it was really exciting and scary and it was over in a second <laughs> and uh, but it, but it was really it it marked a real milestone in my career because soon after that uh, Jesse Rosen who at that time was executive director of ACO called me up and said you know Derek we want you to to write a new piece for us uh, and you can decide what it is but it'll be premiered at Carnegie Hall so I was I was really excited and I decided to write myself a clarinet concerto you know, they tell you if you want to get to Carnegie Hall practice, I guess, but I just decided to write myself a piece. So that was my way in. Uh, but I still had to practice. Oh, well. Um, and then after that, about five years later, I got a call from Michael Geller, who was the new executive director at ACO. And Michael said, you know, uh, we'd like you to come on board as our composer in residence if it's something you'd be interested in. And we would commission you know, if, if we get this grant to do this, then we'll, we'll commission you to write three different works. And luckily we got the grant, and so I came on board as composer in residence, and I wrote three pieces. And they asked me to stay on board as something called creative advisor and work with the artistic director, Robert Beezer, who, uh, who recently said, you know, decided to, to resign and... Uh, move on to lots of other things. I mean, he's a busy guy. He's the head of the composition program at Juilliard. And uh, so they asked me to step into that role of artistic director, which I did. So uh, now I've been there for a week, and I can't list that many accomplishments so far. <laughs> but I can say that I'm very honored, and it's a real huge responsibility to, to try to make sure that ACO continues on this mission to promote and perform the work of... Uh, and disseminate, you know, and record the work of, uh, of, of American composers. That's Derek Brumell, the new artistic director of the American Composers Orchestra, talking about the wonderful work that they do with their programs that reach out to new composers, finding things that nobody's ever heard before, and then some of those composers get the ultimate, a performance in Carnegie Hall by a full orchestra. What's better than that? A perfect example of this is the next piece by Charles Norman Mason, Additions. This is a piece that was in their program called Playing It Unsafe, this is where the composer actually gets to workshop with the orchestra and hear some of the things before they're set in their final form. Not to harp on this, but again, I just can't tell you how valuable this is for a composer. It's hard enough just to think of the music itself, and you get it in your head in its final format, but that's really where the work has just begun, because now you have to get it on paper, and everything has to be right. The clarinet part has to be transposed into the correct key, the French horn part has to be transposed, all the little articulations, every way that you want violinists to bow has to be there. Are the winds slurred? Are they connected? It's all got to be in the score. There's tremendous room to make mistakes. And so what the ACO is doing with these young composers is nothing short of miraculous. Let's have a listen. This is George Manahan conducting the American Composers Orchestra in Charles Norman Mason's piece, Additions. Thank you. 
That was Charles Norman Mason's piece, Additions, performed there by the American Composers Orchestra, conducted by George Manahan. That was part of their Playing It Unsafe program, in which they give composers the opportunity to workshop pieces with the orchestra before they're in their final form. I want to say also that the composer of that piece was very interested in acoustical environments and how we perceive sound. So during the performance, several of the musicians were instructed to play from the lobby, and the audience heard those sounds intermingled with the sounds coming from the stage. We're going to hear a piece now where the composer is using electronics in the instrument itself. This is a concerto for violin, although the composer, Neil Rolnick, calls it the eye fiddle, which I like quite a bit. Uh, we're going to read just quickly from Sequenza 21, which is one of the most widely read blogs for contemporary music, the review by Jerry Bowles of the premiere of the piece. Jerry says, The crowd pleaser of the evening was Neil Rolnick's eye fiddle concerto, played by the amazing Todd Reynolds, who showed incredible dexterity in manipulating the more or less hidden electronic plumbing without missing a single virtuosic turn on the violin. So there are all kinds of effects plugged into this violin to create some of those amazing sounds that we're going to hear. We're going to hear the first part of the I Fiddle Concerto by Neil Rolnick, Todd Reynolds performing on violin, the conductor is Stephen Sloan with the American Composers Orchestra. Thank 
such a wealth of different sounds that Todd Reynolds gets out of that violin. At times, you can't even believe it is a violin. And, well, I guess it's not. It's an I-fiddle. That is part of the I-fiddle concerto by Neil Rolnick, performed by Todd Reynolds, and Stephen Sloan was the conductor leading the American Composer's Orchestra. Just another fantastic example of the kind of music that the ACO is interested in, which is really, as we heard today, music without stylistic limitations of any kind. They're interested in creativity, and since they've now expanded their boundaries to include all of the Americas, their music is more diverse than ever before. They performed the music of nearly 500 different composers, and most of these great works would not have existed if not for the American Composers Orchestra. What an incredible legacy. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders at WFMT with special thanks to Seth Kelly. For more information about the program and the artists we featured, you can find us on Facebook or visit our website at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of Grosvenor Capital Management, Carol Joins and Abby O'Neill, DePaul University, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, an anonymous donor, and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm your host, Seth Bosted, and thank you very much for listening.